Hi, this is Haley Beebe, the Carveline Color Admin. Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Janus. All right, here we go, Paul. You know, if anybody wants to reach us, we still have an email address. What? Technical service at carboline.com. Reach out to us. Let us know what you want to hear about. And one thing, Jack, I think that we probably have done the worst job in this podcast of all the stuff that we've done. I mean, worst job? Yeah. Don't make me be Ron Burgundy. No. Oh, no. Is it is it is it Ron Burgundy or is it Ricky Bobby that says that they uh, when they go number one, it's excellence? <laughs> I think that was a Ricky Bobby. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't make me go full Ricky Bobby on no, you. No, 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 no. We forget to tell people all the time, hit subscribe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do forget to do that. You know, whatever podcast app you're li- using to listen, whether it's Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is you're listening through, which now I'm going to set off everybody's device. Hopefully they're listening. Alexa, you can tell her to play the podcast and it'll play through Alexa. You can play it anywhere, anywhere where you can listen to a podcast. But so, then they all listen to you. Well, and just hit subscribe. Maybe that's what we should do. We should figure out how to do the voiceover to tell everybody, say, Siri, subscribe to the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Or possibly we say, Alexa, subscribe to the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Hey, Google, subscribe to the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Hey, Cortana, subscribe to the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Did we miss any? I don't know. My phone lit up. But here's, here's one thing for you. <laughs> the subscription, unlike all other subscriptions that are, you are brought to your, in your content lifestyle, this one comes to you absolutely free of charge. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, so if you don't want to miss an episode of uh, this, I don't know why you would, you can go ahead and hit subscribe button and you'll get every episode downloaded Monday morning morning. I know uh, that we do have subscribers because when, you know, it doesn't come out at 3 a.m. on Monday and it comes out at like 7.30 a.m. on Monday. (laughs) You got people hitting you up? I hear from all five of them. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we have a new guest here with us today, uh, the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Do you want to introduce him? Yeah. So gentlemen, we have with us this morning, I say morning. He's one of our, in fact, our newest member of the Carboline Tech Service team. That I am. Um, that you hear there, that's Blaine Drew. Hey, everyone. Hey, yeah. So, uh, Blaine, uh, what's it like having big shoes to fill? I'm just kidding. Are you referencing yourself? Jack? Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jack likes to think that that's his replacement, but <laughs> that void wasn't that big. Blaine does a lot more. <laughs> well, I'm just going to take my microphone and go home. <laughs> you guys don't need me. Go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so Blaine has a great paint background, inspection background, and was a great addition to the Carboline Tech Service team because he's able to bring a new perspective of out-in-the-world field work. That's right. It's been a while since we brought in somebody with that kind of experience. So he was a great addition to the team, has a great perspective. And one of those historical pieces that we're looking at is the role of the inspector because we got Blaine straight from being an inspector. Also known as the role of the least popular person on a job site at any given time. (laughs) That's also tech service. (laughs) But you're used to that, right? I mean... Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. I'm used to that anyways. (laughs) (laughs) So really... As we get into it, Blaine, why don't you tell us a little bit about what is the role? Now, we're talking about third-party inspectors. You know, so this is somebody who is hired by, typically it's by the owner. Yes. To come in and help to make sure the job runs right. So 
don't you talk to us a little bit about what were the roles that you saw as the most important to do when you were on a job sure. site? Well, there's a way to break this down. And on paper, the role of an inspector is to enforce a spec that's given by either the engineers or the corrosion technicians and making sure that the contractors and the applicators are doing it properly. However, there is more to it than that, and it's a lot more political than people realize. It's also being a, a mediator between everybody, the owners, the contractors, the painters, and so forth, and making sure everybody has a good understanding on what to do. Um, on top of that, making sure that the contractors are mixing and applying the paint properly, and then looking at the manufacturers of the coating, making sure that their product is uh, is applied in accordance with their recommendations as well. And on top of that, there's many things that the, that the coating inspector is supposed to do. Uh, they're not their boss, but uh, they do handle logistics and making sure they're a first line of defense when it comes to safety as well. Sure. And, and you know, kind of one way to oversimplify all of that would be to say they're the person most responsible that the coating project goes well. Correct. Yeah. So when you get a third party person on the site, no longer do you have biased interests. Yeah. And that's why. Correct. You're, it, you're strictly there. You're being paid to be the guy that makes sure that the coding and the whole process is going to perform as intended. So one of the things that we look at, you know, the third party coding inspector is typically, like we said, they're hired by the owner, whether that be the owner of the structure, the device or the facility. At some point, it's somebody who has a vested interest in when this is all done and it's mine, who helped make sure it was done right? Because everybody else involved has a bit of a vested interest in one side or another. You know, the, mm -hmm. the painter is going to want to do things that help maintain. They want a good paint job. I'm not saying that they don't want to do a good paint job, but they want to do mm -hmm. their a good paint job as cost effectively as possible. Mm -hmm. Correct. Sometimes that's by speed, by modifying conditions or working a little bit beyond the normal conditions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's by, you know, making sure they stay at the low end of what the spec is calling for in thickness, uses less material, anything that they can do to help make a job more profitable. Yeah. And the inspector is going to be there to help make sure that they don't go too far. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because when you, at the end of the day, you know, for example, whenever you're, if, so, if an SP10, your white is specified and the contractor wants to save tens of thousands of dollars. Well, an SP6 would save a huge amount of time and money, you know, whether it be getting all the sand out of the tank or, you know, the speed in which they can prep the surface for it to be coated or, you know, applying the coating several mils too thin. It could save them time and money. And so you want to make sure that somebody's there to ensure, not that we assume that they're the bad guy in the situation, but just there to be sure that is uh, within the spec. Hey, Paul. So, you know, every month we do this, we have a little commercial in the middle of the show and this month is no exception. However, the exception is, is the new product that we're talking about. And that's the Pyrocrete 341. What's great about this product is, is we've made major advancements in the world of cementitious fireproofing. If any of you out there have ever watched any of the stuff that Jack and I have put together, you've noticed we like to throw things and this product is made to have things thrown at it. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So as a part of the testing to show some real world durability, we did this. It's in a video. You can go to our YouTube channel and check it out. But we dropped a cinder block from 10 feet up in the air and the cinder block exploded 
when it hit the 341. That's how durable this cementitious fireproofing is. Not only is it the most durable fireproofing on the planet, it is the most extensively tested and certified fireproofing on the planet. We have set this up where we've taken real world scenarios, tested the product to the real world, not just the fire hydrocarbon, but so many different tests that we ran on this thing that you can feel confident that 341 will perform when you put it in any industrial fire environment. Combine that with improved application properties and you truly have a new and unique product here from Carboline. That's Pyrocrete 341. 341 features you have increased application, extensive testing, and extreme durability. We talked about the things that it looks out looks for where a contractor, you know, might cut corners or something like that. But but for a contractor, it's also good to have that third party there because that third party there isn't biased, doesn't work for him, and can verify to the owner that, yeah, this this contractor did a great job. And so, like, there is a benefit for the contractor to have the third-party inspector there as well. Correct, yeah. Absolutely. So what you look for is, as the applicator, you want to have a relationship with that inspector who can help you as the project is going. You don't want two days in, three days in of applying a product for the inspector to walk on site and go, yeah, you've been doing it wrong for the last three days. Correct. Yeah, setting the standard earlier is always good, and it, and it helps in the long run, you know, that they have a good working relationship together. And although they're not friends, they can be friendly, and it works better for everyone when it, when it goes that way. That's right, because callbacks, corrections, fixes, those aren't in anybody's best interest. It's always better to start from the beginning doing it right. Yeah, I don't think anybody's more hated than the inspector that barely leaves his truck. No. <laughs> right, right. Well, it could be the paint rep who walks up and says, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And then walks yeah. away. That, yeah. that person could be more hated. No, no, the, the inspector. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and so, and those are the things that, that happen. And, and the inspectors, a lot of times early on, like you were kind of talking about looking and, and making, they, they work a lot with you guys, our technical service, when there is a question that comes up within the specification on a job. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, Blaine, for an example, let's say you're an inspector, you're on a job. And there's in pre-job, something comes up and, and, and a practice wants to be changed. What's the process there that, that they go through to try and, and help both the contractor owner and paint manufacturer? Well, really, and, and like you were saying about tech service, if you see something that maybe wants to be changed that isn't within what's specified on the data sheet, you call the technical department of the coding manufacturer. And that's the first place you go. Because at the end of the day, they want what's specified to last the amount of time that's intended because they have budgets that they have to meet and they only have a certain amount of money that's allotted to corrosion protection. So, you know, calling the technical department and making sure that it's still going to perform and give, you know, a good service life is really what you want to do as a That's right. The, the inspector is critical in helping. I mean, we talked about service life of coatings sure. for six or seven episodes. And in order to get those service lives that we were talking about, sometimes you were looking at 20 and 30 year systems. In order to get that life, you need to make sure that everything was applied properly, correctly, and appropriate for those conditions. Absolutely. Yeah, and because the inspector's critical to that. Yeah, because things come up. Yeah. Things happen. Mm -hmm. And there will always be some curveball thrown at you in the middle of a it, job, right? Without failure. I mean, every single time, I've never been on a job that I've either inspected or in the field where you haven't gotten a, that curveball you're talking about. Yeah. It's just the nature of the business. And that's why you want an inspector there. They're kind of like your coatings guru on site. Yep. So when that curveball comes, 
they're Mark McGuire. They hit it out of the park right. as opposed to Sammy Sosa strikes out. No. <laughs> Boy, you went way back. Yeah, on yeah. That one, huh? I got nothing. Showing, showing your age there, Jack. Well, you know, I could say, well, you know, it's like uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting a home run every time. <laughs> or you could be like Matt Carpenter who strikes out. But it's totally true. You you get somebody on site, they go from one job to another, interpreting paint documentation, very much like tech service does for a coding manufacturer. That's it. I mean, I have very few skills from my job that can translate into real world because really it is very specific to paint. <laughs> you know, and I know I tease with my wife all the time that we have the same job. She gets paid more than I do, but we both investigate. We're both looking for who's not telling the truth. We're looking for when things may be different or why things didn't work the way they thought they were. It's like, we're both investigators. She's yeah. just a little more critical than mine. So she did, she's better at life than you? Is that what you're well, saying? That, I, that, that is what she said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I heard too. So way to go, Adrian. Good job. Um, so I so think she'll never hear that though. Oh, yours, yours still doesn't listen? No. I she, think mine finally stopped. Okay, so mine listened more when we when there was travel before coronavirus, and she traveled a lot. Uh, she would listen sometimes to put herself to sleep at night. Oh, she, she's like so the president of Elkometer. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah there you go. Yeah. Maybe it's yep. our soothing voices. <laughs> our soothing voices. Anyway, so I think what we've opened up here is a chance to have a series on some different roles of the inspector with Blaine, because we've talked here today exclusively about why it's a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. You have everybody's interest in mind. They're literally like the inspector is basically his boss is the coding job almost. Like it yeah. is his job to make sure that the coding job goes well. He's, he's a paid for fall guy. Yeah, exactly. A paid for fall guy. and. More so than just the fall guy, though, like he gives you the benefit that you know when you're done, your coding system was installed correctly. And yep. he gives that assurance to not just the owner, but to the contractor and the paint manufacturer. And to all the other coding inspectors out there, you can't do that from your truck. Yeah. Not effectively anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the one of the huge risks, I was just having a conversation with one of our guys this morning about, about the risk when somebody is the one who is responsible. And, you know, the a lot of times the coding inspector gets a bad rap on the job site of being difficult to work with or being too strict or too critical. But when the job is done, that coding inspector is the one who is responsible and liable that it was all done properly. Mm -hmm. He didn't put on the paint. He didn't make the paint. He didn't pick the paint. No. But when it's all done, if something yep. went wrong, they're going to go back and say, why'd the inspector let that happen? Exactly. Your DFT readings are every day you have a report um, that you turn into the corrosion technician or the engineer, whichever one may be who hired you out there. And uh, your signature is on every single report for your DFTs, your pictures that you took, your verification that everything was in the parameters, you know, whether the atmospherics and uh, yeah. So, you know, it's your signature on there. So yeah. you better ensure that everything's done right. Yeah, It's a lot of responsibility, yeah. a, a lot of burden to bear. Yeah. It's your name on the lawsuit. Right. When, when the lawsuit happens. Yeah. So Blaine, thank you very much for coming in today. Absolutely. And uh, I think look for another episode in about a month. We'll get in a little bit more of like, I think we're finding a rhythm the day years in the daily life of the inspector, you know, yeah. what, what happens on a job site, we can go through some kind of uh, 
different examples that happened in the past where an inspector came through or, or didn't come through. But there's a lot of good information here, and uh, Blaine is a valuable resource, and we'll, and we'll use it. All right. <laughs> for Paul, I'm Jack. We'll see you next week. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. Who put the line in Say Carbola.